Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for taking a seat at the table. We are jumping into our next series, The Woman in Me. We're going to be talking about lady stuff (laughs) this series. And tonight we're talking about confidence versus insecurities and how we practice self-compassion with ourselves. Tonight I have Kim. Hi. Jamie. Hey. Rachel. Hey, everybody. Jen. Hello. And myself, Tabitha. Uh, before we start tonight, we wanted to just read a little quote. This is from Tamara Taylor. We don't know her, but it's from scaleitsimple.com. It just says, in today's world, confidence is often displayed as being strong, independent, and knowing yourself. On the opposite of that, insecurity may be seen as someone who is shy, timid, or unsure of who they are. Insecurity manifests as someone who holds back in life because of fear. True, this is an accurate look at these two states of being. However, it is not the whole picture. In fact, the whole picture will look differently according to your personal situation. We have our own strengths, weaknesses, past hurts, and triumphs. And we all have places where we are confident and places where we are insecure. So we thought a good starter for this tonight would be Kim McIsaac talking about confidence and insecurities and where she feels these things in her life. Hi guys. So yeah, I feel like this is very layered topic for me because I am confident in a lot of areas, but then there's a lot of areas that I also feel insecure. I have talked about my mental health struggles and I think they tie in directly to those feelings because if I'm struggling with depression and I'm in kind of that mode, I feel more insecure than I do confident because you just don't feel great about yourself when you're in that mode. I don't feel great about myself. I know I'm not doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing at work, at home, as a mom, as a wife, and it just kind of affects my overall feelings about myself. I am very hard on myself and, and I know that, like, I know that I'm a good mom. I'm not a perfect mom by any means. But I'm there for my kids. I take care of my kids. I, you know, do everything I can for my kids. But at times I feel like I fall short. And I think that's just a hard thing as a mom because you see these Pinterest moms and you see these moms on Facebook and it seems like they do everything with such ease. And here you are just struggling to be like, I don't know if I can even get off the couch to feed them right now because, you know, life has just got you so beat down in certain ways. You know, I do have insecurities about my appearance. I'm overweight. You know, even doing stuff like this, doing lives on my page really took me out of my comfort zone. I'm still not super confident about stuff like that. I do feel confident in what I have to offer and what I have to say. You know, I have a lot of life experiences and I think I have a lot of things to offer on the inside, but I just don't feel um, confident about my outside. That's just something that I struggle with and it can change and flip on the daily, on the weekly, things Mm -hmm. that I feel insecure about one time, the next time I might not feel so insecure about. So for me, it's pretty layered. I know that I'm a good person. My role at work, I run a daycare. It's very stressful and mentally taxing sometimes as well. There, it's the same thing. Like sometimes I feel like when it comes down to it, I know I can make the right decisions and act fast when I have to, but sometimes I feel like I could do more. I could do a little better. It's just, it's very mentally taxing with so many kids, so many staff, constantly being understaffed, like this, all the stuff with COVID and the pandemic, like you're just constantly second guessing yourself. And, you know, that's just kind of my take on it. And I guess it depends on what personality is out at the time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's all I think. What about you, Jamie? How do you feel in this space? 
Oh goodness. I don't know. I always say I'm confident until I'm not <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. I do have a lot of anxiety. Like we've talked about before social anxiety. So like, I'm really worried and insecure. And before I go into a situation, especially a new situation, but even, you know, seeing uh, different family or friends or things like that, I kind of overthink it a lot before. And then once I'm in there, that's usually where I can relax. And then my confidence can come out because it's not as bad as the worst thing I imagined. Whenever you're not within a space, you worry about what's going to happen in that space because you start overthinking every person or thing or situation in your mind. You're like, oh, they've probably judged me for this and that. And then when you're with them, you're like, well, I'm here. (laughs) Who knows? Try to assume the best in people. I think for me, different situations that can bring things out. It's like, you know, I, when I'm around someone that's unbelievably pretty, I feel insecure, you know, like, that's how we feel around you. (laughs) 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 Or someone really smart, you know, like I have a college degree, but it's in, you know, a bachelor of arts in film production. So I don't feel, you know, like if I'm around someone who's an academic person or, you know, it's just little things like that moments like that. And I think all five of us probably within parenting, we've all had Mm -hmm. major moments of insecurity because we were thrown into something we were not prepared for. And honestly, it doesn't feel like anyone around us knows what they're doing. So we definitely don't feel secure in it because we don't know what we're doing either. So I think right now in my life, that's the biggest struggle. I'm a person of faith. I'm a Christian. So I base a lot of my confidence and stuff in a higher power believing in me and a higher power always loving me no matter what. And so, and I think a lot of people can do that, whether it's Christianity or some other type of belief system that helps me a lot. It's something I can turn to. Uh, But even with that, I think we all stumble because we're all human and it's just natural. And when you're a mom, it's easy to feel like you're failing all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Jen? How do you feel in this space? Um, First of all, Kim, you don't have to worry. I'm not a Pinterest mom. So (laughs) we're fine. I'm no threat to you. (laughs) No, no threat over here. I can't even do food coloring. But for me, I actually find now so far into this journey. I don't know if it's because we've been isolated. I actually feel very insecure when I'm out in public and I didn't used to be like that. I'm very withdrawn. I don't like the attention on me before, you know, my confidence came in my career. I did a lot of public speaking. I had no problem taking the stage in front of hundreds of people mic'd up and, and, and hosting a show. I did that for years now. I mean, I, I think I could probably still do that because I can separate the two, but now for me personally, I'm very, I don't know what's happening these days. I'm very insecure when I go out. I, I don't know. It's, it's very hard to explain. There's been a shift, a big shift in me personally through all this. I don't know if it's the autism. I don't know if it's always having to be on guard when I'm out in public, whatever. I don't know, but that's the shift. So confidence at work, but my personal life has hit the shift. <laughs> so yeah. the best way to explain it for me. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? You know, I used to imagine my best version and just try and show up as her. And I feel like I learned to love myself. I think I've talked about my experience being adopted enough to just quickly say that I felt like different and I had to learn quickly if that was going to break me or if I was going to be okay with that or like find power in that. And I think that that sort of like, obviously I chose to be a Rachel full strength, 
And the fearlessness that that took as a young person carried me through a lot. And then momming didn't come easy and wifing came naturally. And I've been doing it for 103 years. And (laughs) like, there's so many things that, you know, sort of like I got, I earned my stripes momming before our, our adoption. We were paper pregnant with her. Uh, because our adoption process was just so tough. So I don't know. I like define myself by the accomplishments that I have. And lately, girls, there's not very many good things accomplished or things like goals satisfied. And I think to say that our situation with see it, we're still in this discovery means that we're doing a lot of trials of behavioral stuff and all these other things. And I'm just watching one thing after another fail. It's a little crushing to let those parts of my hope go and whatever happens, like it it kind of just has continued to unravel. So I'm struggling a bit, but I am trying to get back to that place of like, no, I'm in power of my experience and Mm -hmm. my perspective, the place that I start my day very often starts Seely's. Even if that means that she's woken me up in a fit of aggression, my response is either going to protect her or make it harder. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying. I definitely am a work in progress. I use a lot of internal dialogue. (laughs) I've talked to myself when I was at work and as a sibling and always, I, I always have. So I try now to um, present my internal sh- talking as me discussing things with you guys or with another friend, because I would never speak to one of you while you're in the sh- with such disrespectful narrative. So like, I'm just trying to be my friend. Thank you for being your own friend. I'm just trying. I'm trying to love me again because it used to be one of the like best parts of me. Yeah. I think for me, when I think of confidence and insecurities, it's in two buckets. Like I know for a fact that I can be very confident in certain places. One being my professional career. We fight battles in the courtroom. We have to talk to judges and clients and sit with people in some of their darkest moments. You know, that takes a lot of self-preservation as well as, you know, just dealing with different personalities. And I have an ability to think of things in small pieces, which I think helps me as far as confidence goes. So if I'm struggling, then I can say, okay, you can do anything for five minutes. You can do anything for 20 minutes, one day, one week, you know, breaking things down into small pieces provides me confidence to make it through. And I love that. It's, I don't know if it's like just an innate skill that I've had, or it's something that I pulled from other people or just life experiences. When you have to make it through a variety of hard tracks in your life you gain the skill to be able to convince yourself that you're going to make it to the other side. So as far as confidence goes, I think that's really provided me like a really spectacular place to be able to go when I need to. Insecurity wise, I definitely have had different pockets of insecurities depending on the time of my life. So 
I feel great now moving toward super close to my 40s, really, really close. <laughs> that <laughs> stand down girl if you're really really close I'm really really close stop oh, yeah. really really. well close. we're getting a finger nonverbal communication from Miss Dunn in the top right yeah but I feel like um in my 20s I had a lot of insecurities about who I was as a person you know what did I need to put into the world what who was I who was I in my relationships what did that mean for my life as a whole and I feel lucky because as I've gotten older, that has kind of shed it away. I don't, I just don't have time to think that much about myself that way anymore. You know, it's more so like how we're surviving every day and making it through. I will say that some of my darkest times and feelings about myself have stemmed from motherhood. No question about it. No doubt about it. I have felt the most insecure as a mother and I still do. And Nick talks to me all the time about he can't understand how I can feel so terribly about this mothering journey at different moments. You know, he tries to convince me that it's going well <laughs> when I feel <laughs> that it isn't. <laughs> so for me, it's like, it's a really like different bracket for sure. The, when I feel confident, it's like to the nth degree and I just go 1000%. I'm kind of like a black and white person that way. When I feel insecure, it's also the same. Yeah. I think with um, autism too, it's so unpredictable. And I feel like for you, like you have with your personality, it's like, you know, you're going to do this, 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 and this, yeah. and it's gonna, you know, result in this. And then it just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. <laughs> and and never will. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, I think that is very, very, very hard for me, you know, and I think the amount of energy you put into having your kids learn something or to fight the system, mm -hmm. and you don't get the results that you want is crushing, you know, at times. Yeah. And also for our children, I think the most painful thing for me and where the insecurity comes is I never want my kids to feel like they're less than to have mm -hmm. the world say things yeah. about them that I don't think is accurate in the, their ears, you know, those kind of things. I want to shield them and protect them probably from feelings I had about myself as a kid. You know, I don't want that to carry over to them and their experiences are different, obviously, but I think a lot of that insecurity comes from that place for sure. For me. Oh, it's funny. Like, because I feel like I'm the opposite. I feel like when I was younger, I had a lot more confidence especially when it comes came to parenting and I don't know if it's just because I didn't realize the whole wide open picture of like all the aspects of special needs and you know teenagers and all that stuff and as they're getting older it's like you just I find myself questioning things you know my kids are getting not out on their own quite but you know they're going to be venturing out in the world and it's like did you did you shelter them too much did I give them enough opportunities did this did I get too wrapped up in Alyssa and not, you know, give them the experiences they should have had? Even with Alyssa, it's like, you know, I should have worked with her more. I should have done this. I should have done that. Like, you know, and as she's getting older, that window just feels like it's shutting. The walls are closing in on mm. what her potential is going to end up being and what's going to happen down the line. And I I'm sorry. Care of myself I don't mean better. to not validate you, Kimmy Kimmy, but shut up. In this podcast alone, we've discussed how you and your husband decided that he would have three jobs so that you could devote your every hour to them and that you didn't get home until 10 and 11 o'clock because you were schlupping 
kids from here to there and having chicken fingers in the middle. Love that performance you've done, momming. Please. It, I mean, but that's it, it's thing. not, it, and I just think also life experiences have chipped away at me. It's mm-hmm. just chipped away at me. I don't feel like I'm mentally as strong as I once was. But I didn't have the experiences I also have. I didn't deal with some of the stuff I dealt with. I didn't, I didn't lose a parent. I, you know, so I just feel like all these things also kind of weigh on you mentally. And I didn't have those things when I was younger. So it's not that I think necessarily in my everyday thinking, like if you threatened, if you were like, "Uh, mom, uh, Kim, yeah, you're not the greatest mom. I'd be like, um, yes, I am. I've done this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not that I, it's not that I don't think I'm a good mom, like, but it's just sometimes I just feel like as they're getting old, you question things and you think, should I push them? And my kids are kind of sheltered, but like, it was really difficult to like find that balance between the typical kids, between Alyssa, like even at times I feel like Alyssa was pushed to the side and like, there was more focus on them. And then I feel bad about that. It's like, it's just this whole thing of feeling bad about everything because you can't do it all like there's just no way you can do it all and yeah I mean with uh autism in adulthood it's you know there's no educational services there's very little stuff so it's like either I do it or she doesn't get it and sometimes I can't do it it's just I don't have that one extra thing in me you know to do it but like it's just it is what it is it's not that I think badly of myself but like sometimes I do it's just very, that's one of the hard parts for me right now. Like we're two years past the beginning of our diagnosis stuff. And I feel like so much of what you hear as a new autism parent or special needs parent is that early intervention is key. And we've literally exposed her to so very little because though we've tried like access to those things is not available. And so it like plays into that. It's not just a little failed med or like a failed sticker chart. It's like, what have we done? The early intervention thing drives me in. Like there is nothing as a mom to a newly diagnosed child than hearing that over and over again. For one, you're in like a shock or for me, I was incredibly insecure about it because I did not feel like I would be a good enough mom to do all these things and make all these appointments. On, but on top of that, once you do try to make all those appointments and everything, it's like this waitlist. I live in a pretty good state where like you can get on things faster than other states. It's still pretty long. Like it's yeah. still hard yeah. to do those things. And I have to remind myself that like, we did all we could. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just have like, my son's where he's at. And I believe he would be where he's at no matter what, like, you know, like all we could feels really good. Yeah. We heard it TJ. That's, I heard it constantly early. You have to oh. get her in. You, you need the diagnosis. She needs early intervention. I, I remember screaming, I don't care about her. Like, I don't care about the funding for these therapies. Cause it, they just, it's, it's a cycle. It's the government pays for therapy. So everyone jumps on that therapy bandwagon and everyone's pulling at you every second, every dime out of you for that money. And it was like, I don't care about, you know, you just hear so much about it in the beginning that yeah. it's overwhelming. Well, it's know? like so much. And then it's like, you have to get the diagnosis to get help. And then it's like, well, it's going to be a year wait to get the diagnosis. You're like, well, my mm-hmm. kid's going to be three or whatever age or, I mean, we were after three even. But, right. So they're pushing this early intervention and then you can't get the help. So it's like, you took the foundation of success, like the feelings of success away. Yeah. Because we just, we can't even achieve what you're trying to say. But even if you had done all those therapies and everything, they might not have worked. And then you would have still felt like a failure because your child was in yeah. therapy all the time and not with you. Like there's no winning yeah. I think as a mom period. It's like you're, you know, whenever you put yourself on the line, that's when you're most insecure. So if you're a singer and you go for an audition or, you know, like, 
But mm-hmm. as a mom, you're doing that all the time because this is a product of you and you're responsible for it forever. There's no end point. Like how your yeah. child ends up, you're always going to feel insecure about, even if like, there's nothing you did, you know, nothing wrong you did. It's just part of being a mom, I think. And I think though, like when you have a child with special needs, you're so much more than a mom. And I think that's yes. why I feel like we fall short because you're a mom, you're an advocate, you're a therapist, you're a teacher, like you're, you're all things that like you're not even qualified to do and you can't do it's like you physically and mentally cannot do all these things I mean there's people that are paid to be a behaviorist to do that one job that's it they're paid to be a speech therapist that one job like we have to do all the jobs and then just the regular mom job on top of it like so it's no wonder why we feel like we fall short because it's really like it's it's an impossible thing to live up to and um another thing I wanted to mention that I read this I'm not saying it's 100% accurate but there's a lot of other countries that do not have autism services like they they don't have ABA you can literally you'd have to drive two hours to get speech therapy there's not great programs in the schools and studies show that these kids progress and learn kind of the same way that the kids that get all these therapies do you know like it unfolds just like just like regular development autism development kind of unfolds and of course therapies give you a little leg up and in certain situations they you know they're gonna help like if you have a good behaviorist it it's gonna help you probably get to those goals a, a little bit faster it shows that kids that even don't have them still, you know, they still progress. They still learn. They still. It's probably because they're mom. Probably. <laughs> I'm just saying. And there's a teddy <laughs> mom right behind that. Day. Yeah. She was confident. Yeah. There yeah. might not be autism services, but every mom has a laminator and she's capable of a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you know, I and talked I to one like- mom who traveled to California from Ireland because there was absolutely nothing there to get training on how to basically like work with our son. Well, I think that's one thing that we can all take away maybe is that our confidence can stem from the fact that we're trying. And that's something we're always trying, even though it feels like we're failing <laughs> sometimes. But I think uh, what Every you were day. saying, <laughs> yes, I think what you were saying, Kim, about it, like your life experiences chipping away at your confidence. I think that also is a great way to describe parenting in a special needs landscape because you're constantly being chipped away depending on the week and evaluations and discussions and forms and you know the whole gamut of everything that you have to do you don't sleep your kid's not eating oh my god that means there's only 14 left is that what you mean (laughs) but so when you when you guys think about insecurities and compassion, what do you think about practicing self-compassion? How do you how does your inner dialogue like work in that way? Do you have something good that we can <laughs> throw at our listeners? There's too many beeps. There's too many beeps, <laughs> Tabitha. That's my <laughs> answer. Sound like Rachel's playing the flute. Yeah, yeah, too many. No, yeah. I think my inner dialogue has 13 personalities. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, she does. It really like it's yeah it's I'm actually like really brutal to myself but like in some in some ways I also can talk myself up or down depending on the situation we've you know? seen that too I've <laughs> seen all those parts of you I've met you all know, 13. It's funny because it's like if it's somebody else if somebody was saying what I say to myself to themselves I'd be like no 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 like you yeah. know but it's yeah. just 
it's just hard. You know, it's just hard to, it's hard to be nice to yourself. I don't know. I have, I, that's a, a huge struggle that I have. Yeah. Sometimes I give myself a little pep talks, like, come on, like <laughs> all I day, every too. day. You know, I, I do that too. It. I do you know, that too. And I have lots of people around me that even when I feel like I'm a mother or, you know, whatever they, you know, I have people that, you know, will correct me really quickly. Um, in the podcast and out of the podcast. So, you know, that definitely helps to have people that build you up. You know, it feels good. And sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe they're right. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I am as awesome as they say. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Then I got to let my inner J-Lo come out and I'm like, oh, I'm a bad ass. (laughs) There you go. There you go. My inner (laughs) J-Lo. How is um, your inner dialogue, Jamie? How do you Um, practice (laughs) self-compassion? No, I'm a very big, like, me and my husband always make this joke because we had this professor in school that's like, you need to always try to do more than good enough and be more than good enough. And we would always be like, well, this was good enough. Like, I think (laughs) I'm kind of that person like, well, this is what I got. I gave it. It's good enough. I've never like taught, you know, it's very rare that I'm like, way to go, Jamie, you nailed that. But like, seriously, my compassion to myself is like, well, did I, did I try? Like, did I put in my effort here? Was it good enough? Like I beat myself up a lot with my son in the early years, because, you know, I was like trying to get him to use like scissors. These things all sound really weird and specific because they are, I'd be like, why can't, like, I would practice over again, try and get him to color or use scissors and all these things that he had developmental delays for that. I didn't realize that I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get him to do these things? And then once like I came to realize like, oh, my son just can't do these things. There's, it's nothing wrong with the way I'm teaching him or the way I'm parenting him. Now I know with my daughter that some kids just pick it up and freaking do it by themselves. But that taught me a really good lesson. Like, okay, I put in the effort. I tried. That was good enough for now. We'll work on it again later. But just applying that to other aspects of my life, like, you know, like my blogging or any job I have, it's like, I'm doing the best I can. And even if I didn't like do crazy well, I did my best. I tried. And so I think that's a lot of my compassion is based in is like, I just got to keep trying because if I don't try, then I'll just feel really crappy about myself. I like that. That's good. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? What's your self-compassion? I feel like, as I said, I um, had a strong sense of self early. And then maybe that like was a little shaken for a bit of time. I think you start to second guess yourself when you're really going to leave a hospital with someone else's baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm like, and eh, at this moment one, it's a little weird, a little tough, little like critical. I made a promise to someone. And so like, I think in momming, not that I was self-critical, but just like, I felt an additional pressure. I feel like Self-compassion for me changed a lot when I realized that Celie was a girl because I grew up in a home where weight was a thing. And like, whether you dealt with it or you didn't deal with it, it was probably going to be discussed and people hold that against you and think less of you. And God damn it. I just feel like there's so much like that just lacks truth. I learned to love myself. I've got big curves and a big chest and really good legs. And that's about all. And I learned to love that. And I could feel that people were like, I was more approachable. And so I, I feel like I just try and ask what I'm good for in that moment or like when I'm having self-doubt, but I really try and be an example to Celie. I don't want the word fat in our home. 
unless it's like chicken fat, yellow, blonde pieces. We can talk about those chicken fat, yellow, blonde pieces. We can talk about, you know, this is fattening, like in terms of education, but like in, in terms of identifying, I really talk about strength just so much. Like, I just want her to have this, like, I am woman, hear me roar. And she's got a lot of that. So we just <laughs> I'm about to say. Yeah. <laughs> nailing back. it. You're nailing it. Celie gained 65 pounds in one year as a result of some medications. I mean, I have to believe the things that I'm also sharing with her mm-hmm. or she'll see through me because autism. Yes. <laughs> she's powerful. Um, but I, I just, I think that she keeps me grounded because I will not let her learn to script self-hate from this mom, from this mouth in this house at all. Mm -hmm. Thank God I'm terrified of that. Like a healthy respect. Yeah. (laughs) What comes back is scripted. Yeah. When I'm struggling. So I have this tool that was given to me from a therapist that (laughs) is a therapy in this house. There's lots of that going on, but (laughs) She gave me this tool and she said, you know, I want you to imagine a jar and take your jar and whatever you're obsessively thinking about, like I'm a failure or I'm a bad mother or things aren't going good, whatever the case may be, or a person, you know, if you obsess over a conversation or whatever the case may be, put it in the jar, close the lid and put it on the shelf. You can come back to it at any time that you want. But just close it and put it away on your imaginary shelf for a while. Great thing about this is that you never go back to it. It just goes on the shelf and you never go back and get it. So that in my life has, I've gone back to it many, many, many times, especially in the dark moments of track thinking where I'm like just chronically thinking about something. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps me a lot with being kinder to myself and knowing that I can't control everything in this world because that's a real problem for me yeah (laughs) and moving on from feelings of failure I don't know I think I have good and bad from life experiences the ability to compartmentalize things and so it helps in a lot of aspects of my life specifically with kindness to myself but it's hard sometimes. I mean, it's hard. I definitely have an inner monologue that can get in a really bad place sometimes. And having some of those helpful self-compassion, knowing that people love you, that there's people in this world who want to be near you and you bring things to the world that pe- others need is takes a lot of effort to convince yourself of those things sometimes you know just putting your shoes on in the morning takes a lot of convincing some days but (laughs) but I think skills and this is why I'm a big lover of therapy for mental health specifically is because no matter what you can leave with one gem that you can pull out at any time in your life and I think it helps you learn to practice more self-compassion in a way So that's where, I don't know. It's hard. I will say the last five years of my life since I started mothering have been some of the most challenging for me as far as reflecting on who I am as a person and Mm -hmm. being able to feel okay about that. You know, also the most joyful 
and fantastic and which I think helps make it through some of those hard times but I too saw a therapist Tabitha talk about your imaginary thing um and he I was leaving a relationship and and um he said uh, pretend you're on a bridge and put all of the feelings you want to leave behind in a box not a real box just your little make-believe box throw it over the bridge and turn around and walk off that bridge don't, don't walk over the bridge I don't like walk <laughs> don't go after the box but like <laughs> don't you know jump after the box. exit the building and I did kind of go back to that a few times in my life like all right put that in the box and throw it over the bridge like you're done with it it's time to move on you know yeah yeah it's a really yeah. good skill I think to be and it takes practice to like because sometimes I'll open the jar put the thing in and then I'm still <laughs> I have to go back to the jar a couple of times and stuff that in there and put it in here again. Make sure the jars. I found some more. (laughs) Can't climb back out. (laughs) You know, that's something that's really hard for me too. Like I have a hard time letting things go as you guys know. (laughs) Um, It really is for the way I process. I just have to kind of go over and talk about it and just, it does. It takes me a while. And, and even though like, I feel like I do have insecurities, like I feel like my self-worth is good. I feel like it's not the same for me anyways. Like yeah. I feel like I know that I'm a good person. I know I have a good heart. I'm loyal. Yeah. I will stand up for what's right. I will stand up for people that can't stand up for themselves. Like, you know, it's like, I know all that stuff about me. So I feel like it's just, you know, it's just hard just to be like, are you confident? Are you insecure? I feel like it's just all kind of intertwined together, you know? And I feel like some people that just seem so confident, like you look at them and they're, they're so pretty and they carry themselves so well, and they just seem to have it all together. Other people that are the most insecure, you know, it's like, I can be a hot mess and own it. You know, I can run (laughs) yesterday's shirt, throw my hair in a messy bun, I don't have a care in the world. You know what I mean? About like yeah. what other people think of me. It's just only, only in the, when you're in the situations that you're like on the spot, that's when like I get insecure and like, you know, second guess myself. Yeah. And- I've written about it and I've said it before. I have fundamentally changed as a person. I am, if you talk to someone that knew me 10 years, I am not the same person. I've hardened. I have zero to give. I, this autism life has I have fundamentally changed. I have nothing to give anyone at the end of the day. You know, I just, as dad says, I go from zero to crazy. I do. I have, I just have nothing left in between anymore. I'm 48. I will be 49 next year, obviously do the math. And I started my career at 16. I mean, I went to college, I I graduated high school. I went to college after that, but I stayed kind of doing what I was doing and, you know, it it grew and that was my confidence. And that's, I literally grew up doing what I'm doing. And now it's like, you know, it's, there's such a division in all of it. So I don't know. I just always say I've fundamentally changed and, you know, Kim, like there's, like you said, there's, there's lots of things I'm proud of lots of things with my daughter, like when she ate, I've never been so proud of anything, even myself, you know, going through that process with her. But, you know, there, then I think it's like, oh, I've, you know, was a real shit when I was younger. Like it's, you know, there's a lot of things I look back now and regret. And maybe I wouldn't have had that kind of uber focus on maybe the other things, you know, but now I find these, um, I think of like these definite, moments through time and a lot of regret 
you know? Mm, yeah. I think being a mom is such a double-edged sword because there's so much insecurity built within that because you feel like everything, you know, there's so much pressure on you. You're responsible for raising a freaking human being. That's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. Keep them alive. <laughs> yeah. For, and you have to keep them alive, which is a whole nother thing. Um, on the other hand, like you lose yourself so much in that their wins become your wins. Like you don't have yes. to, like, there's like weeks that like would, especially wearing the really hard. I don't have time to be worried about like the things I'm insecure about. Like, Oh, who cares? Right. I have a freaking big forehead. I don't have time to worry about that. You're just going to mention that Jane, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have time to be insecure. And there's some beauty in that because like, yes. you get to a point where you're just like, I'm a hot mess and I own that. And that's Zero because confidence is like, yeah, mm-hmm. Rachel's whole philosophy. Yes. <laughs> well, I think, I think too, like what Kim was saying about like, you, your inner spirit, like what you know about yourself and how you can draw that back. Like, I know I'm a good person. I know that I am thoughtful, whatever the case may be. I think sometimes like I've had people make mention of, you know, well, you do so many things, you do all of the things. How do you have time for all this stuff? you know, that's a part of my personal self-care. I need to have my mind working. I need to have my mind going and being active and putting things out into the world that I can feel good about so I can wake up the next day and make it through my day. But it comes at you as like a negative thought Mm -hmm. from someone else. And then that builds on what you're already feeling about yourself, you know? So you have to really draw from that space where it's like, I know that this is what I need to do for myself. The reason I do all of these things is to keep my mind busy. So I don't live in a space where I feel terrible about myself, you know, like, and also to like put information out into the world and do, you know, what you can to be informational, all those other things too. But I feel like sometimes that self-compassion is really hard to find when you also have outside sources bringing in negative comments or thoughts about who you are well and it's like you're already doubting yourself at times too I mean I'm not putting words in your mouth I'm just speaking for myself that way sometimes you're just like you put so much time into these things and then you're like oh should I even be doing this like yeah like you're neglecting you know something else but like in the end it's like something important and something that makes you feel good and even with my kids I have teenagers and sometimes they're like trying to talk to me but I'm like trying to write write a piece and I'm like but like they won't talk to me at any other time (laughs) time. so it's like well I don't feel that bad about ignoring them um, while I'm doing it but um you know it's just yeah it's just stuff like that because sometimes like it's like you're already having those thoughts yourself so then when somebody else puts it at you you're like I go one way or the other. I get, I go on the defense and I'm like, or like, or then I'm like, oh, are they right? You know what I mean? Internalize it, internalize it. I love how like both of you, just having that base of being like a good person. Like we actually had a conversation about this the other day about, you know, like you may make a mistake in life or do something wrong, but like the moment you own up to it, admit you are wrong or, you know, you may have someone say mean things to you. And at the, like, if you can really look in yourself and be like, okay, I'm a good person. Mm-hmm, I yeah. do, you know, I'm not like vicious. I'm not mean, you know, like, I think it's just such a nice base to have to go back to within your self-compassion. Like, Hey, I'm an okay person. <laughs> like I'm not doing horrible things all the time. Like not and a human being. 
Yes. Like this is yes. We're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna do things wrong. We're gonna there's never in this life like one thing happening that is like single faceted. There's always more to it, there's always more behind it, there's always more coming, there's always more parallel to it that's also running its own crazy train. Like there are so many things going on that you're turns out on a game day with your friends, you're the crappiest at bringing text messages back. <laughs> no, I love you either way. <laughs> no eager beaver that one day she's going to be back to me. Rachie will respond. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, like you just have to give grace. I'm in the sh- like, I can't do better than I'm doing. Yeah. You know, you need to surround yourself with friends who are okay with that or what, like yeah, you know, right. hurt someone's feelings or anything like that. And you can reflect in yourself, like amongst ourselves. Like if I say something rude to one of you and you tell me that I can reflect on myself and be like, Oh, why did I say that? Like, is it because I was hurting myself? It was, I just being insensitive. Like it's just so powerful having the ability to look, like look into yourself and figure out why, or, you know, yes. or knowing that like, okay, maybe someone didn't respond to my text because their life is hell right now. They're really busy. Cause my life's been there Why I haven't responded to texts. And so I think we automatically have that built in because we're all moms who definitely had those moments. Yeah. So Rachel, don't worry. We don't care that you, if you don't have what we do and you hear in us, find it. If you don't play these episodes again and again and again, until you find your own four, because I have found more confidence in myself, in my role as a special needs mom, honoring that I'm also a wife and a daughter and a friend and a this and a that. I'm not anybody's friend, but people at this table, but you know what I'm saying? Like I, you guys would encourage me in any way. Like that's where I come back to the very beginning where I said, I try and have dialogue as though I'm talking to tabs or as though this thing that this rhetoric is coming out of Jen's mouth. And I'm trying to like book a ticket to go hit it out of her. Like we don't talk to Rachel like that. I think so highly of the four of you that I know you would not be friends with a stupid dude. She always says to me, don't talk to my friend, Jen Dunn, like that. Yeah, she says, don't yeah. talk about Jen Dunn like that. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Don't be mean to my friend, Kim. And then another thing that like I has taken me a long time to learn that I struggled with for a long time is that not everybody has your heart. You know, not everybody is going to reciprocate what you put out there. Like, in, yep. there's not always a rhyme or a reason. I think that that took me a long time to learn because, you know, when sometimes people would do or say things and you would like feel bad and then you'd be like, but I did this and I was nice, especially my role at work. It's hard when people that you've been, you know, good to, and my husband's always like, they're not your friends, they're your employees. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're in a small knit place, you, you know, you feel like your friends and then it's just... Not everybody has your heart. Not everybody has your intentions in. I even think wider than that, like not everyone runs their life at the same compass that you do. Mm -hmm. My husband has a higher value on being punctual. Like that means more about respecting a person than Mm, my husband too. Thank you so much (laughs) for (laughs) having us for dinner. I like, it's just Mm -hmm. like a different compass than I, I mean, yeah. I'm a punctual person too. Drive his around the block three times. Like, how do you reset a compass? You like spin 364 times and then stop and go back (laughs) in quarter. Yeah. But I I am not punctual. What? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you guys haven't like made a lot like a lie about the time. We've talked about it. (laughs) We've talked 15 minutes ahead. Tell him 15 minutes. She was the first one on today. I know. But I I think you also like you'll hear throughout all our podcasts whenever we talk about like autism or we kind of like may say something that say something that seems critical of other people who don't know what we're going through. We always say, oh, but I probably would have been like that too because the more you live and the more experiences you have, the more compassionate you can be to other people. Absolutely. Give them a break and hopefully you can give yourself those breaks. I always say that, but I always say because, and it's, it sounds so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Cliche. No, I'm blanking out. Um, but anyway, like if you haven't lived this life, you truly cannot. Yes imagine it so condescending maybe I guess that sounds like well if you have lived this life you know yeah Um, and I said that to other DNA partners (laughs) 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 you know send me a link again buddy and see what happens yeah Um, then you see people with bigger struggles and you probably think that same thing like I don't know what their life is like you can say yourself too well, I, I felt like that at Children's Hospital when I was waiting for her to um, have her MRI completed and I was walking up and down the hallways and, you know, I, I, I wrote about it and I, f- I felt guilty saying at least, at least my daughter wasn't hooked up to those machines. And it, it was, you know, it was a very odd feeling walking down that hallway, you know, so. Well, and I think I that's think there's a- some beauty in, sorry, Tams, but I think we have a friend that's whose um, daughter is just entering hospice from palliative care. And she's very young and she's had, gosh, just this really hard life, a really hard hand dealt, I will say, not life. And that family is the most beautiful and they have the most extraordinary perspective right now. Like they have a value at every second and every minute. I don't feel the difference of my days right now. They have the privilege of feeling every second of reminiscing while they're building memories of having it be such a powerful time. And I feel like it's all where you're looking, no matter where you are. Like Mm -hmm. my daughter is in a stage of tough and I know that her magic is the same size as her struggle or more. I know that her sparkle will be back. I know that like there's, a snuggle and a hug and or whatever. There's good when you're looking for it. Right. And like with all of the challenge that I see each of you struggle through in the same parallel that I have does after your broken pieces kind of come back together. I feel like we have a strength, Mm. a strength that will not waver. And it extends beyond my house. It extends beyond our Flannerville community. It's beyond our podcast. It's just a strength like that you couldn't buy this understanding. I feel like yeah. the music I will survive should be. Yeah. 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 So I think this is beautiful and true. All of it. The takeaway I think is you never know what someone's going through. So practice self-compassion for yourself and say nice things to others, <laughs> get it be out nice in the world friends. so they can take it and use it as their inner monologue. Cause it might make a difference for them in the future. Um, we all use that tool, confidence, insecurities, and self-compassion. So this is episode one of the women in me next it's week. Gift, 
give yourself grace and give others grace at the same time, you know? Yes, I think absolutely. Absolutely. Coming next, women we admire. Yay. Oh, I can't wait. We're going to talk about the women that we admire. Episode two for the woman and me. So we'll check you out next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank you for joining us at the table for the first episode of our fifth series, The Woman and Me. If you are enjoying our podcast and where you're listening allows, please remember to rate and review us. To join in on the conversation, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and or email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for sitting with us today. Coming up next will be episode two, Women We Admire. We'll see you at the table then. Bye.